Welcome to Ear Time with Josh and Austin. Hey, we got a good guest. It's Josh Whoa, 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 whoa. Welcome back with Josh and Austin, Ear Time Podcast. We have a beautiful and wonderful guest. I am so excited for you guys to experience. Her name is Lori Allen, best known as Pearl on SpongeBob, Diane on Family Guy, recurring on AP Bio, and so many more. It will take me years to say it. But also, most importantly, her pilot, she starred in, she produced, she directed. And no, I did not direct. Yeah. Darren Stein, the amazing director of Jawbreaker, directed it. But, but I wrote, wrote created, and produced it, starred in it, lived it in real life. <laughs> yes, and I can't wait to talk about that. Because well, my therapist and I really talk about that. But if you'd like to ask me some <laughs> questions about it, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. It was, it was born out of a lot of grief. Uh, but now it's hilarious and it's going to make a lot of money. Yes, Yay. it is. Yay. That's because amazing. And the pilot is called? Do the voice. That's what do. we said. You just, we just slipped it in there and you just said, Yeah, yeah. it was like, right over. I want to make sure people get it. Do the voice. Do the voice. Because I get asked to do it all the time. So exactly. that's, which I'm grateful for. But little snotty nose kids that, you know, um, have like massive, you know, flu will come up to you and say, oh my gosh, you're really the voice of, and so it's kind of based, uh, well, it's not based on that, but that's, that's the catchy title. That that's amazing. Do you already have a place where this is going? Um, it doesn't have its most perfect home yet, so we're excited to see what our opportunities are, whether it's sort of lives online somewhere or we've got some other connections that we can't really talk about right now, and that would be great. So, um, yeah, so we're very, very excited about it. We're heading off to Soho International Film Festival Woo-hoo. on June 17th, and then we go right to um, a series fest in Denver, Colorado after that. Man, so it's just that's got so a lot exciting. of. So it's just going to be like the. And that's is the. I guess the intent is to sell the show to with its permanent home. Yes, find that. exactly. Yeah. For oh, it so to awesome. find its little home, Fun, so settle down. Make you the are told to rest do of the episodes. <laughs> you're told to do the voice because you have uh, several famous voices. Uh, what do you respond to these kids when? Do you normally just? Do it's it? normally adults. Oh, it's sometimes normally grown adults. men. <laughs> Usually grown men. Usually grown men. Take my uh, lipstick napkin uh, out of the trash can at Comic Con. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I know. Um, uh, you know, it's it's such a joy. It's such a pleasure to be able to do that for someone, you know? I mean, it's it's like I feel very blessed that I get to do what I get to do for a living, that I feel extremely, um, just so extreme, extremely lucky. So if it's a matter of making someone's day or calling someone and leaving a crazy, inappropriate, fun message or, you know, or, or just uh, or doing something like that, it's so fun. It's such it's such a joy. That's Are you asked to do uh, Pearl from SpongeBob more or Diane from Family Guy more? Mm. What is like your, I guess, yeah. Um, I guess I get asked to do Pearl. I get asked to do Pearl a lot. And then I'll get, I remember going to Whole Foods once and as I was going through, I said, she said, do you need cash back? I said, yes, I'd like that. And she goes, are you Diane on Family Guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because so I was going to say, your natural voice my is natural a little voice more is Diane. Diane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My Which natural is... voice is Diane. Awesome. It's really based on my reading... mom, because she did a ton of voiceover. So. Oh, she, yes, she's she did. a wonderful voice So actress. you were raised in that world. Yes. Well, good night, honey. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 7.30. You know, yeah, I don't, if I had come home and said I wanted to be a lawyer or doctor, they would have thought I was crazy. I you need to have that. juggling and tap dancing as a really strong backup. So, yeah. 
and very and grateful no, for my parents. I mean, I don't know anybody that was raised like that. It's mainly like you are a lawyer or a doctor. So I think that's kind of a crazy blessing because then that turned into the rest of your life. Yeah, I got really. to watch them do it. I got to see them as role models. My dad and my mom met at theater school. They were theater theater majors with as and radio minors. And then my mom went off to be at Arena Stage. My dad did too as well. That's a great repertory theater there in the D.C. area where I grew up in Maryland. And then um, dad started his advertising agency and He's a great, great singer and jingle singer, and he writes musicals. And so he, but early on, he would stick us in his commercials. And then my mom was a great example because she sat on the after SAG board in the DC area. So I sort of watched them do it. And so I was, they didn't seem unnatural for me to not do it. So yeah, so it was just a natural progression. And so you're both, your big roles, I believe, if my timeline's right, they're around the same time, wasn't it? Ninety nine was SpongeBob came out and Family yeah. Guy. Yeah. So that must have been huge for well, you at that you year. You don't know that at that time. Oh how, yes. How many oh, years yeah. that ago? So um, I was in my twenties. So I'm just sort of like, what? So I mean, I got to. I was already working professionally. I mean, I had a day job for a year. Knock on wood. Um, and so oh, I was already. There's some right all, here. Bing bing bing. So. Um, We'll probably hear dogs barking if we do that again. There's I know. lots of dogs here. There's always lots <laughs> There's of dogs around. There's lots of beautiful dogs here, by the way. Beautiful doggies. Um, we can talk about the dog charity work, which I'd love to talk about. But um, um, uh, so, yeah, so I had already been a working um, established voice and actor gal in New York. And I um, had tested, this was back in the day when you didn't do all the self tape stuff. So I had. I had flown out here for In Living Color, then they flew back out again, so I'd gone back and forth with that and Mad TV. And so um, and so I was like, I'm gonna do more television, you know, and I had like six commercials running in New York, and my agents were like, what, where are you going? And I just, I just obviously the stars were aligned for me to be here. And then I remember thinking, I'm hysterical, I'm just gonna go right into animation. It's like, no, you gotta study like everybody else. And I learned so much, um, and now I love being a coach because I get to do what everybody did for me coming up in the biz. and then. Um, yeah, and I got on a couple of uh, voice series, and then you just you don't know if something's going to turn into The Simpsons or SpongeBob or Family Guy. It's like such a fluke. I mean, how would you know? Um, like my first series was even more crazy because it was with like Mark Hamill and mm. Charlie Adler, who's like my Mark and Charlie are like my ad, my total mentors. And so to be on that show at Hanna Barbera, that doesn't even exist anymore, Hanna Barbera. So I just sort of got like on the spot training with some amazing and people. And what Frank show Walker. was that? It's called SWAT Cats. SWAT Cats. Gary Owens. If you guys don't know who Gary Owens, we're gonna have to stop the podcast and you're gonna have to leave. Um, <laughs> he was like, ladies and gentlemen, laughing. So he's one of the kindest, most talented, lovely guys. And I played like Lieutenant Felina Farrell. So I played his niece, his fighter pilot niece. How many cool. voices uh, do you have at your disposal? Like, just a rough estimate. Like, in your head that you, like, for an audition coming up, you're like, as they want you to try different voices for it. How many I, are you? Uh, dozens, dozens, dozens. Just ready to go Well, always. yeah, that's my job. So yeah, you have beautiful. to. Yeah. It's like if you were to, you know, any improviser, any voice person, um, this is a lot of what I like, like a lot of what I coach and, and do with clients is that, like, if you've had a weird roommate, you have a strange, you know, auntie with a weird, you know, um, cadence in her voice or whatever, you've got to, you you have all the voices that you need. They're already all living there inside of you, you know? Just taking note whenever you meet, like, an eccentric person in some way, in yeah. It just, you have to just kind of let them resonate with you, like, in there somewhere. And then, yeah, sometimes I kept a note card for a long time in my wallet. Um, yeah, and you just think of, like, dialects you like to do, celebrities that you like to make fun of. And you don't have to do this the celebrity or the dialect well, because we don't know if you're doing like a bad Julia Roberts or, or like a bad like Scottish accent. It just will come out, you know, the way that it comes out. And there you go, you have a character. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, working with you has been so helpful because I'm like, there are, and you know, Josh, you're an improviser and I'm working on trying to be one. There is so many times you, without thinking about it, you go into the habits of people that you love, but sometimes secretly make fun of, you know, like when they yeah. have a lisp or, you know, and, and I was like, oh yeah, it really is at our disposal. It's so easy, especially like an improv, you just kind of jump right into you know, those little corks. And well, that's definitely why I even asked you, because as an improviser, yeah, it's too. the same thing. It's like, how many voices or, or like characters do I have ready to go that I'll just start a scene with? You know, and so I was kind of curious on the aspect yeah. of that you're doing this so constantly. I started off doing the um, uh, Gotham City Improv, which is the Groundlings East. So that's that was really fun to be doing that for, I don't know, almost four years. So that's why, like, I can't even think. I just more like know, like, ah, like sheer and crazy utter panic. When you get on your feet, you have to make a decision. So mm -hmm. it's just a matter of making a decision, as you know, and just going with it, like the who, what, why, where, when, right away. And it applies in everything, voiceover. It applies on camera. Act. It applies. Like, I just came from a commercial audition where the husband I was reading with wasn't so good, and it was about some mm -hmm. like new car insurance or whatever. And I just, I just tried to fill it up with some life, like real life, you know. Um, and uh, it was funny, the casting director was like, you know, in commercials, guys are stupid, the women are a bitch. <laughs> um, but that's not true. Um, but yeah, just kind of giving things a life. Like, you know, I think as human beings, we actually naturally know how to do that. It's what kids do. Little kids play. Little kids play and fill all sorts of stuff up. And like, and then, and then, and then this happened, and then, oh my gosh, like climb the thing. So they just do it naturally, and then they also mm -hmm. fill in their imagination. So it's just allowing ourselves to free ourselves up to do that, to access that part of us because at some point we've been told don't do that stop it stop I, shh, quiet you know so yeah. I just don't I turn that button off and go back to revert mm. back to the you know the crazy the crazy child crazy yeah well I mean I love to hear that you have in, such like an improv background and that that's a core that's part of who yeah. you are that's amazing because I truly believe in improv like every Super talented comedian that I admire has usually an improv background because that means that they're funny. Or like that's it's only you when you're going up there. So Austin, I would love to hear the story of how you two know each other. I uh, it's such a it's, it's just sweet. yeah, it's a well, special it story. Because I mean it was for a great cause. So Lori Cause for Entertainment. Oh cause for entertainment. Right. Yes. And Jessica Sherman does amazing yes. things for breast cancer research and she does a lot of just fantastic things. She's a real real activist, which I really admire. And you won me. I did. <laughs> I, I really wanted to get into voiceover. And I saw that, that Lori basically was saying like a session with like Pearl on SpongeBob, Diane on Family Guy. And I was like, oh my goodness, if I could meet like. You were, were you auctioned off? Yes. Oh yeah. my God. What's the least? I mean, it's not like I go and whore myself, but yes, I mean, I will oftentimes and just it, donate my, or try to donate my services for, for um, anything that I can, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a great way to to be of service if I can't be there in person or whatever it's a great thing and everyone finds it fun and interesting and and helpful because like you're just kicking ass and taking names which is so great but yeah, yeah. it's been crazy the things that have happened yeah. ever since working with Lori and um, so yeah so this is like my favorite storyline from sitcoms when they're auctioning someone off that's always so fun so <laughs> you bid on her I did and, and I wasn't won. there in person so you, oh, you were, a picture no, no I thought you were carted no. on stage <laughs> they did a no. little spin no okay no 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 okay. no no, no. I, I, I would have had they made some Lots kind of, of graphic or a picture, usually like yes. sign a picture or something. Uh, okay. and then I can only imagine if you're like up there, I would be bidding against I did like do all that these one other time, dudes. Josh, I lied. There was a there was um, another a great rescue that I love. My friend Sean Simons with Kitty Bungalow. We do a show often called Cat Beret, and Nicole Sullivan and I went on stage. 
probably a little tipsy at uh, intermission. I was like, I'm auctioning myself off. <laughs> I have four sessions. And, you know, we raised, we were able to raise, I think, like $800 on nice. the spot. That's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, you got to see what happens when you do it in person. I'm sure you didn't do $800. Austin, you cheapskate. Yeah, it was maybe, maybe it was like four. But we, co- we I sent off a lot of uh, folks. And then when I'm able to bring people to Nickelodeon for a tour. And they're really great about that for letting me, you know, I run it up the flagpole. And we can eventually get some folks in for a tour, which is really cool. That's it's really, awesome. really cool to be a part of Nickelodeon that started, you know, I don't even think about it until I'm like, oh, my gosh, we it's an animation studio. You know, it's an animation studio that built with, you know, Rocco's Modern Life and then so on and so on. And now it's there's nothing like it. So it's. it's yeah. Uh, and you've been there something else. for a long time. Because I'm 175 no, years you're, old. You're like part of the family, which yeah. is so cool about that. Have you seen the SpongeBob uh, Broadway show? Yes. What we did you think? I haven't seen it, but it's everything amazing. I've heard is great. Yeah. It was so beautiful. We got to go together as a cast, and it was just the show. It's up for 12 Tonys. The show is so visually, it looks like Bikini Bottom. I mean, it's amazing. Mm. It's so incredible. I was just fan geeking out and before the show going around and taking tons of pictures. I mean, and there's a Foley artist like off to yeah, stage that's, left, oh. stage right. And so he's doing all these amazing sounds. That's really cool. It looks like he's like in a tiki bar, and the, the performers are unbelievably they're just incredible they're incredible singers and I mean I started off in musical theater too that's what I majored in at NYU oh beautiful to school of the arts and um <laughs> so uh the, uh the the show is is so sweet and there's this wonderful girl that plays Pearl mm. and she's everybody sort of does the voice she doesn't really do it but she sings like Jennifer Hudson she's like I probably don't need to do the voice yeah. she's incredible oh man that's so but awesome but all the performers are amazing and Tina Landa who directed it and then there's all these famous artists that compiled the music so it's yeah it's I've listened to the else. the cast album and I've seen the performances that are online and it's just it looks so does great. Spongebob yeah. sound like Spongebob yeah he does his like his best to do it you know but they all yeah. obviously bring their own right version have you seen any of it where like they're not in costumes it's not like he's in Spongebob right, costume it's right. like a real person yeah. which is really beautiful like it's almost performance art kind of vibe to it right yeah a little bit yeah in a, like in a, the best yeah. way I'm not yeah. trying to say it's like shitty or anything so you met you got her auction and then have you done lessons yeah, yeah. So it was so funny. The the auction item, let's call it, um, was just for like an hour with Lori. And I think I can say this. So we like did our hour and we just like immediately connected and we're talking about millions of other like we talked about VO and I got to do some copy in front of you and like yeah. what the item guaranteed. But then I we guess- talked about boys and life and career mm-hmm. and love and yes. dogs and spirituality and being of service and how that makes your life sane in this town and and um, having a life, which is I feel like a very big pattern this week which yeah. i'd love to talk about because yeah. your life is you're a human being and you do a lot of doing like we like to talk about so you're an activist you're an amazing friend i mean i feel like you're just like mama bear to Aww. all of your friends but i feel like Thank that's you. always been you know well, i feel like i get that in return like um it's either massive codependency or <laughs> it's just you know maintaining friendships but i feel like at my age too and living in los angeles and anywhere for that matter you know, as people start to, you know, go off and get married and have kids and so-and-so moves here and so-and-so moves there, then somebody's divorced and somebody lives across the country. If you don't make time to be with your people and see people, especially in L.A. because it's so spread out. I mean, it's not just one little tiny city. You won't see your peeps. Right. You got to check in. Like just now, my my um, my dear friend Suzanne, her son Daniel, Daniel Ferber just graduated and he got like all A's and I just Aww. sent him. I was like, I never texted with him. I was there the day he was born and now we're texting, you know, and I wow. just, you have to foster those relationships and stay in relationship and stay in your tribe, you know, creatively, you know, like I have, um, 
a bunch of girls were all dating and so we're all in this crazy text thread about like who did you what is that guy what did that guy look like online oh he's cute I don't like him but I'm going to refer him to you and you know so we um I've got like my dating tribe I've got my you know best girlfriend posse I've got all my fabulous artistic community and and I've, and I've just seemed to have a wonderful roster of like fabulous young gals like you mm. who've just come into my life that teach me a lot of things and remind me of you know staying in the business and and what it takes, it's, it's, it's a lot of longevity. I mean, it, 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 it takes a lot to, to have the longevity, rather. It's, um, it can be a lot, but it's also really rewarding. I feel like the only way that I can stay doing what I do at the pace that I choose to keep is by having amazing family and friends and being of service. Because other, this is such a narcissistic business. Right. And I will get caught up in that as easy as the next person and you know what we do is we're not curing cancer, right? You know we're not um, we're not out building homes for the homeless. We're not doing something that I would think is extraordinary, like finding the cure to cancer. You know we're um, uh, we're making funny voices and doing things like that for a living, and so um, and acting and making people laugh and making people emote and having their feelings reflect back to them. And so that's some like art is very healing to me to do it, and it's a pleasure to do that. But um, if I don't go do something outside of myself that doesn't involve, um, like me, uh, Lori Allen as Pearl or as so and so, like just for fun and for free, can I just go to a homeless shelter and can I slop down that mm. food or can I, you know, because other it doesn't. My life is completely unbalanced and out of perspective right. if I don't. So yeah, it's stuff like this that's so beautiful to hear from people who have become successful in a town like this where. You know, uh, I think I was just talking with somebody at the gym today about how overcrowded it is in Los Angeles. Of like, and because so many people come here, and if they don't make it, there's a lot of homeless people that end up. Yeah, I mean, the homeless population is just it has just quadrupled in the last year alone. I mean, I don't know the spe specifics. I was actually talking with my city councilman because I actually am the kind of person that will get on the phone and say, in my neighborhood, this is and this is happening. Everybody else wants to be like, not in my backyard. I'm actually for like putting up some housing somewhere. Like, what are we going to do with people? It's 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 horrible. It's not a nuisance. It's called taking care of your community at large. But um, yeah, I mean, I, we have to take care of each other. Like, what what else is there? Yeah, you know, I've just had a lot of loss this year, um, year and a half, two years, and both parents are cancer survivors. Knock on wood. And um, you know, like life is just too short to not like be fully in it. And if you identify, which I get caught in this trap all the time. But if I identify myself with the job, with the guy, with the house, with the callback, with the thing, I've just totally screwed myself. Because then when you get the thing or lose the thing, like there's this great expression too, right? Like the, um, this too shall pass. And people tend to say it when somebody's grieving their you know, lost loved one or something. But the right. good stuff will come and go too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so you better enjoy and I'm trying to find out every day how to do it more and more but be in today you know be in today and enjoy this day it's like it's beautiful out you guys are here you know yeah. like it's a gorgeous day this I have fresh water day. I have you know friends here from my friend Karen's here with her two doggies who's an amazing animal activist who I met online she's taking a quick nap and she's incredible and we work a lot she she and so many others do more than I could ever do I don't have the time and they don't either they're just amazing people to help bring awareness uh, for the dog meat trade because in a lot of Asian countries they eat dogs but not before they torture them because they believe the sick tradition. People overseas eat dogs but they yeah. feel like if they torture them that, that the meat is somehow sweeter it gives them more Viagra like properties it gives them more you know ability to cool down in the summer months that's what this one horrible festival is in Korea that they believe it keeps them cool in China it's sort of a you know a vitality a Viagra kind of effect they believe that will happen and it's just 
it's uh, it's horrifying. I mean, I didn't even know it existed until my best uh, one of my best girlfriends, Fia, who I did who created do the voice with me. And uh, we had just both gone through some terrible breakup. And she was like, you know what? You've sat on the SAG and afterboards. You've been an activist. Like, let's put on a rally. And so we followed suit with an organization that we had been uh, that we had seen do great things in the UK. And um, we did uh, a protest outside the Hollywood Bowl. There was um, a very peaceful protest. It was the night of the Chinese Splendor, which was just amazing talent from China, a beautiful woman who was like their Madonna and a violinist, and we just held up peaceful signs and to just bring awareness. And of course, all the Americans are rude, and the, we don't eat dogs here. Well, the truth is it's legal to eat your pet in 44 states, actually, wow. here in the United States. So I follow and try to, I wish I had more, I wish I could literally clone myself to work full-time for a foundation here called Animal Hope and Wellness, and the amazing founder, Mark Ching, um, who poses as an undercover um meat trade buyer um, goes goes undercover to try to, to buy the dogs and you know tries has witnessed and documents the slaughter of the animals and he will stop and save trucks and um, and and he started a, a foundation over there as well and also to go into schools and teach them about kindness and you know animal treating animals humanely and then starting um, you know passing legislation and to visit older folks with these dogs it's incredible so they I love to be a part of this group of people who I admire so much, again, who I wish I had more time, that they bring these dogs back to the United States. And my feeling on on giving back is that, like, some people say, like, well, we have such a strange, um, spay and neutering issue here in the United States. What about the dogs here? Well, like, there's no end to compassion. So if, like, reading to kids is your thing or, you know, going and visiting old folks is that, if that's your thing, you know, um, tutoring, whatever it is, like, go do that. Like, just right. go do that, you know? And so we've been trying to bring the focus here to pass some legislation in the United States first. It's like it starts at home. And then hopefully, you know, bring that out further into the world. And then hopefully in my lifetime, I pray, if not in your all's, you guys are a generation below me, that it will that it will cease. I think that's such a healthy outlook on life that you have of just everything you're giving back, not only in your career, but in, you know, like helping out outreach like this for animals and the homeless and it's just such a healthy way for you know all the stories you hear of people who are successful uh you know for every story that there's like an asshole or you know someone who's not just an ass and there's people like you who are beautiful and awesome and kind and helpful and i'm sure my friends back. and family would say otherwise a lot of the well, time everybody but, has their yeah. faults <laughs> yeah but you get what i'm saying and that's and just hearing all these things that's so it's inspiring to hear and i'm sure i'm not the only one saying that and thinking that and uh yeah that's why i went vegan i don't want to eat my friends you know it became really interesting i'd cut out red meat to uh avoid you know hard stuff like my dad has just a little bit of history so i was like let me just watch that and um and then i think with my ex we were eating like grass-fed beef and like you know cage-free uh, you know, uh, have to have eggs and stuff. And then I was like, oh my gosh, you really looked that up. And it's like, they're not, they, they're free to roam. They're free to roam like two feet in each direction. And so and then I was a pescatarian for a while and then I got really bad mercury poisoning because all of us like the fatty fishes, like the sushi, and the, when we go get sushi, like salmon and toro and yellowtail and all that stuff, right? And and I don't even want to think what's in our waters, our seas. It's just terrible with the shit that we put in our that we let get in there and people just let you know throw stuff while they're on the beach it's like pick up after yourself so then i was going back to just eat chicken as a main source of protein and then i went wait a minute and a dear friend of mine when we were doing our um, when we had our um our 501c3 when we had our 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 little um thing going to help the doggies she was like you might just want to watch one video of how 
you know, cows and pigs are slaughtered, and that that was it. It was easy to just swap just out. One Ooh, video. That makes me you. want to go. Yeah, go well, we've talked about that. I know you gave me you gave me the lowdown. Like, well, it's just you're a day. healthier person. I mean, my nails and hair grew in. I sleep better. I didn't have any menopause symptoms. I mean, it's just like bam, 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 bam. It it just it makes um, it, it just it starts. I think as we evolve as humans, that's like the natural progression. If you want to be have a more spiritualized sort of thing you're not going to slap bacon if you it just doesn't make any sense and like when you look up how they're slaughtered and the you just wouldn't do it and even if you didn't want to do it for the animal's sake if you're not a hippy dippy animal person the animal agriculture like what how much we spend is astronomical to keep feeding the animals when we could be feeding ourselves mm-hmm. and so you can Amen just look up that. on that yeah so yeah that jesus <laughs> i mean i've seen yeah I've, i remember watching videos like the mcdonald's mm. pink goo thing and I stopped eating McDonald's after that like yeah there's so many yeah I mean I love that growing up that's what I loved and my brain still tells me that I love that because it's a fam- it's sure. familial Nostalgic. It's, it's sociological it's cultural it's sexual it's like who did I have you know my boyfriend and I used to cook this and da, da, da. so it's 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 in all of us to think that our taste buds want that that we have to have that the biggest question how do you get your protein do I look like I'm missing I'm 145 pounds you know I great lentils and tofu thank you and beans and nuts and you know so many vegetables have protein in them it's ridiculous so there's like uh, i'm meeting my friend at real food daily tonight and there's like seven thousand million things you can eat and have a glass of champagne and have an amazing dessert and what's so great about often about the desserts any kind of vegan dessert it's usually made of like real food it's not just you know that's why like when you're eating junk food you keep eating more because there's nothing nutritional in it so your body keeps telling you to eat more whereas like with a little vegan dessert it's always like made out of nuts there's like cashews and you know um so it's kind of crappy if you have some nut allergies but there's some way around it there's a way around <laughs> it um but yes yeah, so you're actually eating real food that fuels your body and you feel totally different i, I can't even explain it you just have to you I, just have to i think we're the, definitely on it up yeah. Like the right trend of that expanding. Like even I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Like five years ago when I moved out here, there was no vegetarian right, restaurants. Right. And now they're popping up over there. I mean, I, my vegan friend came and we went to Disneyland. And there were d- vegan so options at Disneyland. I know. All, oh, I so didn't know many. that. That's incredible. Yeah, she, she had like, uh, I guess on the PETA app, uh, there's uh, anywhere you go, you can look up yes. like what they have, vegan options. And do you know what and, I know? Two, two great things that are uh, two great apps. I'm looking at them for them right now. Um uh, one of them is called Cruelty Cutter, and it's an app because they, they test on beagles so many of the times because they're so docile. And, you know, they'll pull their eyelids back and do all this horrible stuff to see, like, if, you know, if a Visine or if that shampoo mm. makes your eyes teary. Well, you don't need to test it on them because it doesn't translate half the time to what a human right, what body a human would, would It doesn't translate. Anyway. Not that we would test on us, but there's just no reason to do that. You can do that on molecular, cellular levels. Yeah. Wait, what was that app called, though? It's called Cruelty Cutter. Cruelty Cutter. And, and it's got, it, like, so a that paw shows print you, on it. And, okay. yeah, you basically scan the item and it'll be like bite back <laughs> if it's like <laughs> tested funny. on animals oh that's awesome yeah. i love that cruelty yeah. cut yeah cruelty cutter and then there's a great app, another app for finding places to eat that i love and it's called what is it called it's oh it's called happy cow meaning the cow is happy that it's not being eaten and you can put in restaurants nearby and it literally pick, it's like it's like ways or lift or something it knows exactly where you are just kind of creepy. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can have, you know, vegetarian options, vegan options, or just any restaurant, and it'll tell you exactly where to go. I found some really cool restaurants. Oh, so it's that not way. just like heading to Chick fil A every time because of the exactly. happy cows on the billboards. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love that you naturally go in and out of voices too. That's so just 
really fun to talk to you. It's like, Lori. Psychotic. <laughs> I didn't take my meds this morning. No, it has to be. And another awesome thing that you brought up that I feel everybody who is, no matter where they are in their journey as an actor or a creative person, is finding that transplant family that you talked about. And I think that is such a just essential part of moving, you know, anywhere, whether you're New York, Chicago, LA, you know, Europe, whatever, like if you're by yourself, finding those people that are going to be your everyday or the people that you can rely on and fall back on, that is so healthy to have in your life as you're going through all the struggles of this business. Yeah, this business is not easy. It's really hard. And it's like we were saying before, it's so easy. I know for me to fall into the trap of like, I book that like, more bookings equal happiness. Well, that is such I'm setting myself up, like I said, for such a shit show, if that's the case. (laughs) Whereas like me seeing my friend tonight, who he just lost his dad, bless his heart. And I was like, I need to go see my friend. Like, that's just that's what's gonna and I'll adjust everything around that, you know. And, um, and I, I do, and it's and it's hard because we're tired. So there's like that, there's that catch twenty two. Is like, oh my god, I'm just really tired. So like honoring, and I, this is what I struggle with too, is honoring like resting versus doing too much. Or you know, I, I was sharing with some friends last night. I took a hot bath, like this hot bath. Like it was, I was like about to pass. I was like such a good feeling, and I was like, wait, I'm supposed to be doing stuff. And I was like, <laughs> I think I'm mistaking this for rest, <laughs> you know. So finding that balance between resting and seeing your friends and, and, you know, your chosen family. Like, that's to me. I have so many, like, friends that I will email them or text them and be like, hey, chosen sister, what's up? You know, because my family's all back east. They're in New York, uh, Maryland, D.C. area or Florida. So, you know, I'm out out west for 25 years now. Gosh. Out west. You're on um, AP Bio. Is yeah, a recurring. I have a so funny I, part on that. Being an overbearing Jewish mother. <laughs> so is it like is was the voiceover? I guess just something you thought you were going to do in, the, well, in every now and then as a hobby, or kind of yeah, because I I uh, I'd done some voiceover and commercials as a kid, and then when my parents both. Um, they were doing. They did voiceovers, like I said. It was like, "Good night, Lori. We'll see you at eight. You know, and so. Um, and I remember being off at college, and I w- had done some print and acting and all that jazz. My mom was like, "You know what? Fuck it. If you want to go be like a normal kid," and I was like, "Okay, great." So I decided to go off and be a normal kid. And then, um, and then I remember being at my first year at college. I went to Emerson College, which I love. Yay, Emerson uh, in Boston. And I was like, "Oh, wait a minute. I guess I, maybe I should go home and have my dad make me a demo or something." Um, and maybe I actually didn't the first two years of Emerson. I think it wasn't until I switched to NYU when I was at Tisch School of the Arts, and that's when I was like, "I need a." I wonder if I need a demo. Maybe I should do that. And then I won't have to like wait tables or, you know, spray makeup on, you know, spray perfume or do makeup at Macy's kind of thing. So I went home for the weekend and my dad did a demo out of his home studio, his advertising studio. And it needed a little tweaking from one of my huge mentors who I'm so grateful for. Her name is Alice Whitfield. And I was um, Mitch Whitfield's mom. I had dated him for a while. I love Mitch. And I love his mom, Alice. If it weren't for her, she one-on-one mentored me like day in day out and she was like determined I was like oh my god I don't you know she was just a blessing like makes me a little verklempt and uh-huh. she um and then I remember I was I was working at Macy's spring perfume on people and everything and I I would like it got to the place where I sprinted to you know to get to work and then all of a sudden I got and she introduced me to Don Buckwald and Associates that was my first agency and then I was like oh and then I was like oh oh my and then I was <laughs> the first voice of lifetime so I was actually started off kind of in promo um Wait, like, so just saying this is Lifetime? Or like, what was yeah, the, what was like the tagline? Yeah, it's like 30-something. It's a little like life, only with better writers, you know, only on Lifetime. And so now, of course, Lifetime has a bajillion um, 
and one great, you know, just tons of different programming and announcers. But so I started off doing that and it just hit off. It just hit really quickly because I had probably a much more damaged sounding voice when I got out of college from partying. So that sort of <laughs> raspy thing that was that's actually come back in fashion now. That's the trend now was the trend when I first got in. And so that's how that started. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, what about my on camera stuff? You know, and so then I was doing some commercials and. Um, there wasn't a ton of TV at the time. There was like the Cosby show. Seriously, there was like the Cosby show, Law and Order. I was in the very first season of Law and Order. And Jane Curtin, again, a comedy mentor of mine, had a pilot. I was in that. And there wasn't really anything else to be on. So that's when I decided. And I was doing the Gotham City, Groundlings East. And that's why I was like, I'm just, I think I'm going to move to L.A. But I did think it was a day job for a little bit. You know, yeah, it would just... be cool as like my, my waiting tables job. But it like took off. It that's to- so And I'm so grateful. I doesn't. There's not a day that doesn't go by that it's not on my gratitude list that I know that that's that I'm very lucky. I work really hard and I I hope I'm a little talented, but it really is just it's a huge blessing because things are much harder to break into. Things are now things are going union, non-union. So it's almost like the sharks and the jets, you know, the the landscape of the business is so vastly different from when I came in and came up the ranks, so to speak. What up, guys? You're listening to Ear Time with Josh and Austin. Our time with your ears. And you can follow us if you want more Josh and Austin on Instagram at Ear Time Podcast. You can follow her at Austin M, as in Mary Boyce. You can follow me at AKA Joshua Thomas, your man on the gram. So go ahead and do that, babies. Do it now, do it now. Uh, don't make me call you the P word. <laughs> And I feel like the business is changing because we keep being told, make your own content, write your own stuff, which then, I mean, not only do you have so many stories to share and tell, but you went and did it. I don't know if it, I mean, I think it was because you lived this life of being told to do the voice yeah. and, and you went through this excruciating heartbreak and, um, we don't really have to go into the specifics of that, but I am just so curious what really, I mean, if anybody listening goes and watches just the trailer, they'll definitely yeah. get it. Yeah, do the voice.com. It's, it's up there. It's really funny. Um, and you're going to see very, very recognizable actors. I mean, Mindy Sterling, Mo Gaffney, mm-hmm. Phil Lamar, Drew Jogi, um, Paul Iacono. Um, I know I'm missing someone. John Kassir. Uh, John Kassir and Mindy Sterling play my tolerant best friends who just remind me to bathe all the time. And then Mo Gaffney and Paul Iacono play my neighbors who, you know, are just like, really? She's such a drama queen. And then um, Phil Lamar and my dearest, dearest friend, Monica Allison, and, and her daughter, Mila, play my sort of like uppity, like waspy black neighbors. You know, so basically I don't have anybody around me, you know. So mm-hmm. the kid next door, you'll find out in the series, ends up becoming like my like my chosen brother, you know? Wow. Yeah. And so that's so great because right, it doesn't matter like black, white, gay, straight, young, old, like everybody just, right. we find each other. That's a lot about what the show is about because in real life, after all that loss, I just sort of was like, who am I? Like what, what, because I had, you know, again, I think we're all lying to ourselves in this business if we don't say like, I equal my job sometimes, right? And it's good to celebrate the good stuff. But I was like, after all that loss, I was like, oh my God, what do I do? And I was like, you keep, going like there's Mm. there's every nobody escapes having really tough time you know nobody escapes like having death and dying or breakups and hardships and love and all those things the ups and the downs of life but when all of a sudden I was like am I still relevant like as a woman as a you know as somebody to 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 marry as as a as a dog mom I mean I was like I was childless Mm. I don't don't have the human children but I have the canine children and I just suddenly was like just felt so like naked and I was like oh my gosh and so I I decided to write about that. Like, what does it feel like, you know, to be, to have 
want your, am I relevant in art and love and life? And um, so that's what I wanted to write about. And I think everybody can identify with it, you know, with the background of some crazy little neuroticism of a voiceover actress turning a certain age. So I love that. And I love watching the trailer and feeling like whatever walk of life people can relate and and on one level or the other. I mean, when you just like throw the little, what are those like, um, you know, those pan sticks, what are those called? Salad, salad tongs. Oh, you mean like I, yeah, like I chased after. Yeah. yeah. And I just feel like Throw that's salad so tongs human at your, at your when ex-lover. you're so angry at this person who just yeah. feels like they're Like stung. CrossFit won't make your dick grow any bigger? Like <laughs> I didn't actually really say that. <laughs> uh, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, I saw a guy uh, who was packing today in the locker room. Yeah. I usually don't like notice people's dicks but today it was to. like a tree trunk like an anteater nose and you were like i wonder if those are laurie's salad or a baby poop or yeah, yeah you don't look at too many dicks poop. that aren't like yourselves or you know pornography whenever you're seeing that but it was like very i'm sorry to turn this into a dick conversation it was just as soon as that I just, was said i was like Man, shower, not a grower. Wow, like, that impressive. Guy a shower. That's impressive. It was great. I, like, what I'm supplements not... are you taking? You <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. Jeez, Louise. CrossFit. I always feel so. Oh, CrossFit. <laughs> I'm convinced CrossFit makes your dick go smaller, and it's really bad. It's really, really, I'm really bad for you. It's a cult. It's well. It's. A, I don't think you should be. Well, for me, I, I totally get professional athletes why they love it so much, but it's. I. I can't tell you. My Pilates instructor, my dear friend Alicia, she says, and my chiropractor, they've all like, how many people have we like put back together from CrossFit? There's a guy that's in my Pilates class who's in the most amazing shape, and he went there to rehabilitate. You know, Pilates started as like a, a right. rehab for dancers, basically. So it's a really safe, great way to work out, and he is so strong. He's like. I had like fucked up a disc in my upper back, my mid back. He said I couldn't walk. He said I thought I was paralyzed from CrossFit. And so, Pilates brought him back. Yep. Wow. And Pilates brought and him Pil- back. Uh, and moral Pilates of the story: Everybody, please take Pilates. Only uh, on Lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so we have to hit on a couple of things that I'm super curious about. Uh, one of which, before we even talk about uh, Family Guy, which you said you have a great story about how you met Seth yes, McFarlane. Yes, I have a great story. You yes. are also a part of the Pixar family. Yes, which I I'm, was just up there recording, which is really cool. I was teaching at Voice Tracks Josh West. Looks like a I'm a Disney. I'm a, right such a Disney nerd. Da, like you know. Da, 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 da. Um, who isn't? Got chills. Um, uh, I, uh, I, I'm so grateful to this lovely friend of mine named Mickey McGowan and she had like a loop group and as, as voiceover people are like, I'm not going to do looping. And you're like, yes, I am. And she found me, which was extraordinary. And I'm so grateful to my animation agents, Natanya, um, and at the time it was Kimberly and Brooke, these three gals that just are just amazing. I want to just pause you to explain yeah. to our uneducated uh, oh, listeners yes. what a loop group is. So a loop group is all the little random voices you hear in commercials, TV shows, movies of like when they're in a grocery store. If you hear, Mom, I want that. You know, like yeah, all exactly. the little background voices, that's a loop group, right? Yeah. You're watching. That's what's called Walla. So it's everything that you're that hearing that's not um, – you know the main the main characters necessarily talking, but what happens in the Pixar groups is that they needed folks that had a lot of improv um, background and that were good voice talent, so that if it's like two girls and let's say Austin and I are shopping, you can hear us be like, "Oh my God, he's so cute! Did you see him over there? That looks so good. Your butt looks so good in that." You know, whatever. So you need to be able to be like fast on your feet and go into like a trillion characters. Like every day that I would record something uh, for Pixar, I come home and I'm so tired because you've done at least like 25, 30 different th- characters that day. And um, so, yes, so Mickey McGowan, who was 
wrangling a bunch of folks. And she was like, I need somebody who doesn't do the high, high voices, but it doesn't sound like, you know, like this. So she was like, who's crazy and weird? And my agents were like, her. And she's like, great. Um, and that's like why I always encourage people to have a good website. It doesn't have to try too hard. The simpler, the better. But to have your stuff have some kind of web presence because she was able to, she's like, you're, and have it look like you and sort of be like you. And she was like, you're crazy. I can tell from your website. And she's like, I, I loved your reel and we'd love to have you in. And I think my first Pixar movie was Wally. Um, then Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and then some Cars tune stuff, a lot, tons of the shorts there. And then. Uh, Monsters University. And was this Inside all loop group, or were you starting no, to move into roles and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on on Monsters University and Toy Story. She's and the Inside bus out. driver. Yeah, everybody getting off. Yeah, yes. kid, get off my bus. Um, <laughs> and then in Inside Out, where I'm in the mom's head, which is great, and we're sort of like, oh, cue the husband. Like, what a jerk! Can't get anything right. So that's fun to be in the mom's head. It's very Oprah. There's like a panel of people, as you probably yes. know from Inside Out. See, I promise we promised we wouldn't nerd out over you, but that was before we, we did. That's what the Disney talk because I love Disney so much. Yeah, I'm sorry. so Toy Story three <laughs> yeah. and four, like what happens? It's fun. So I got to. There were some other folks at the session, but I, I was grateful to be um, reading for Bonnie's mom. So in, in Toy Story three, I don't want to ruin it because if anybody hasn't watched Toy Story three, oh, oh my God. gosh! If you haven't watched Toy Story three, what's what wrong are, with you? Stop listening to this podcast and go watch that movie. It's exactly. one of the best movies of all time. Well, because the toys you think are not uh, are not going to live on. You're like, right. what's going to happen to the toys? And so right. they end up with they end up with me and my daughter. And they actually they end up someone's doing some house cleaning and they end up at a at a daycare, and they're sort of like they don't know what they're doing there you know Buzz and Woody are like what the hell are we doing here, and so then they they um, they end up you know Andy ends up passing them lovingly on to to my daughter Bonnie, and myself and so then Toy Story four is happening and I was up teaching as I was saying at uh, Voice Tracks West in um, in Sausalito there's some amazing talent there's such amazing group there and i was able to piggyback my my session at pixar up there so that was really cool to be at pixar it's great man so yeah you're bonnie's mom and toy story 4 is happening the toys live with bonnie yeah so uh Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Noises. Uh, <laughs> no, that's so amazing. I mean, like, just the magic. I I read like a you know Walt's biography, and then was obsessive after that with the whole Jeffrey Katzenberg took yeah. over and all that stuff. And then the Pixar. It's just so fascinating how Pixar as a company to be a part of that in any capacity. It's one of the best companies. It's incredible. Whenever I get a Christmas present from them, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I like fan geek out. I'm like, this is so cool to look at the art and the sounds and the. It's just great. Oh. It's, I, again, I feel very, very blessed. I, and they're so nice at Pixar. They were like, "Oh, we have this special, like, gluten-free vegan meal for you in the studio." And they got, I got to see some of the cool stuff that I can't talk about. But I got to see, I got to just see and hear a lot of the really, you know, how the movie's going. And and I'll be back in several more times before um, the, we all go excitedly to the theater. But it's 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 so cool. They're they're a great group. It's uh, had changed hands a couple of times, so it's it's really amazing. That's a great question that I have. Uh, how often or how many times do you typically go back once you've done your original recording? Right, that's a great question. Sometimes you go in like, I don't know, anywhere from like maybe three to five or six times because you know the movie the, the movie will change and then the the syncing of things up changes and then you know they'll want to zhuzh something or take something out. So they have you know picture locked to the for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go in and do the scenes. But within that scene, 
once they are locking picture more and more and more, then you almost have to go do like ADR sessions, which mm -hmm. for people who don't know that, that stands for additional dialogue replacement. Usually do ADR, you know, before the episode airs. Like there's no funner day at SpongeBob than when we have ADR day. Because <laughs> all my things, like I'll get beeped into beep, 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 la, yeah, yeah. You know, that's like one of my lines. Um, so getting to do like this sort of ADR for ADR, aim suddenly for Minnesota. <laughs> ADR for some of the Pixar things are just, uh, it's great. So you end up having a couple sessions before before the the film, before the picture comes out. Before the picture. Uh, you almost sounded like Bobby's mom from Bobby's World. I don't yes. Know if you remember that. Um, okay, so let's hear, I would love to hear how you got involved with Family Guy in 99, Like, because you said the business has changed so much. I'm 112, much. yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's inter it pays to do your... Um, to do your homework and to study because I had taken an animation class, a big class, and then I took like a meet these four fancy casting directors class after I'd taken class class. It was like a, almost like a showcase night kind of thing. And I met one of the most amazing women who has really changed my career and she's just such a, she's become a very dear friend and she's just a phenomenal animal activist. I love her so much, Chris Zimmerman Salter. And um, she was like, you have a foul mouth, man. So when I went in to go audition for SWAT Cats, actually, he was like, you know, she was like a cat pilot, right? Felina Farrell. And she was like, can you just make that whole thing where you can just bleep it the fuck out? And I was like, sure. So I was like, God damn, you know, I just, it was such a nasty take. And she was like, bleep, bleep, bleep. And so she, so I ended up booking it because of that, right? <laughs> That's great. And then cut to, I don't even know how much longer after that. I'd have to actually look online. Maybe, I don't even know when SWAT Cats, so I want to say it's 94. Someone maybe listening will tell us. Um, and then uh, uh, she was like, oh, there's a, I don't remember, honestly, actually, if I auditioned for it or if she just called. I'm not quite sure. Um, but there was this young guy uh, who, who was graduating from Rhode Island School of Design, who was an amazing piano player, but and that was his, like, minor or whatever. But he won the opportunity to come to Hanna-Barbera to have his, like, pilot made. And, wow. you know, as his senior thing, he won. So... I don't remember like the budget or whatever it was, but it was just Seth and I doing all the voices on a project called Larry and Steve. Oh, and I, wow. my character sold his dog a mattress. I was like, your dog would love this mattress. <laughs> yeah. So it was just crazy. And it uh, was just it was you just and Seth. you two. As far as I can remember, I, I, I don't think there's insane. any because well, he's so ridiculously yeah, he talented yeah, that I can't remember too. if there was any other I don't think there's anybody Between else. Between you and him, they didn't need anybody else. Aw, that's very sweet. We're just both psychotic. So anyway, they, <laughs> they, so he did that, and it was great. And I remember meeting his, I don't know if his parents were out. I don't remember how I met, I might have met them later during Family Guy. But um, we kept in touch, and I think we actually wrote letters and called each other on the phone. Because, wow. you know, we didn't have email and texting. And we just, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't. And so what had happened was, um, uh, I want to try to do a good smack. What had happened was, Oh, I did it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. mm -mm -mm. So anyway, so a couple of years later, I remember going to test at Fox for Lois, and I'd read the script, and it was about a guy and a talking dog, but it was so prof profoundly different that I was like, didn't put it together until I walked in the room, and I was like, oh, Seth, oh my God, you know, so that was great. So obviously, our fabulously talented, dear friend, Alex Borstein, oh, Peta, you know, so she's that, and then... And then Phil Lamar, myself, and I can't remember who else. Uh, he's you new, know, Ollie Blackie Weather Forecast. Um, um, <laughs> and who are the other couple of other few of us? I can't remember. Again, I'd have to look at my own dang IMDb page. But in the first couple of episodes, you know, we're the utility players for the whole show. Um, and I mean, one of my favorite parts is like this male lady. She's not unlike the bus driver in Monsters University. Um, and like, that really mean teenager has like no enunciation. Um, so we got to do all these great characters. And then as the show just progressed to this 
a status that's, you know, out of this world, every celebrity wanted to be on the show. Mm. So they, you know, like people's agents would call them and be like, can we get you, I, 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 rep, I rep Drew Barrymore, so she'd like to be on the show. You know what I mean? Wow. So um, the, ca- the cast was just always, you know, phenomenal. So your Drew Barrymore impression just went out the window. So I love actually impersonating Drew Barrymore. I really like because she's got a, like, a, kind of a weird, yes. like, sibilant S, and she's really sweet. And, you know, she just is, like, really helpful to everyone. And really it's just, like, she's been around, and now she was sober at, like, four. So I actually really like Drew Barrymore. Yeah, even her, like, <laughs> mannerisms. Yeah, I your wish face, everyone, like, transformed. That should have been going on the Instagram story, just that little <laughs> bit right there that we was can amazing. do that that's Good okay there. i'll flash david letterman anytime wow so that i mean we talk about that um it's a recurring theme on this podcast and we just talked about it outside on your front door about not who you know but who you know now and where they'll be later mm-hmm. because that must have been so awesome for you to walk in and be like seth what's up yeah <laughs> you know and that happens yeah. be because- nice to everybody you know the biggest advice that i can tell people in any 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 aspect of this business is just don't be an asshole be nice how hard is it to be nice? How hard is it to be pleasant to work with? You know, because um, everybody's you know going to have a bad day. But you know, all the junior agents that pulled your picture that you're like, uh huh, hi, you know, are going to be repping some big huge agency, and right. you're going to see them on the way up, on the way down. They're going to call on you. You're going to call on them. Will you be a part of my project? This and that and the other. Just be nice. Just don't be a dick. You know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think. Um, and say yes to helping mother. Like I met this girl. Sorry to. No. I, I went to this. I was like, oh, I'm not going to go to this crowdfunding fucking seminar because um, I want to sell my thing. But in case, you know, it ends up where we have to raise a shit ton of money and have fun doing it. I learned so much. And I met this great girl. And I have, I said, I have this great line producer that can totally help you. And she gave me some f- just phenomenal advice and insight. And, you know, boom, just now we're like totally helping each other on our projects. Mm. So. I think that's why it encourages you to, or I would encourage one to, and myself included, to speak up, to help somebody else. Like, you know, I have two good friends that are dear friends with my friend Scott Park and my friend Terry and Noah, and they were both like, yeah, let me know what I can do. Like, do you want me to bring bagels? And I was like, what? Because they create such amazing content. Terry Jane and Noah Applebaum, they were amazing. They're like, yeah, what can we do? That's and awesome. I was like, oh my God, thank you, you guys. Holy crap. I have a bad shoulder, so I can't do boom for you, but anything else, I do, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. They haven't asked me yet. Like, Noah put together our trailer for the Soho International Film Festival, which is really funny because for Soho, they wanted people, um, the creators, to talk a little bit about their project. So Noah did that for us, and he was able to edit into the the trailer, into the, into the actually the entire piece. So it's pretty funny about oh, that's awesome. and So I it kind of goes in and out of like an arc light piece, so most of you yes. talking about the yes. – Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, we've taken up – time from you and we're so grateful I guess Austin if you have any other questions my final thing uh, go for it Joshy is go what's for your it, favorite character and what is like I, I hate the like what advice you have because there's no you know there's no shortcut to the race there's there's everyone has a different story of how they made it into this business so I guess aside from uh, be nice to everybody, do you have any kind of almost enduring advice like for people who are in this race? Not so much like this is gonna help you get it, but like. Right, don't be so hard on yourself. Like you are enough. Like mm. stay in a, whatever you gotta do to you know get to your spiritual place to be like, I'm enough. Like, because there's nothing more awful than someone who's just like all schmooze and no talent and no human being there. So I would say like, be, be gentler with yourself, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. and. Like, just keep, everyone says it, and it's so ridiculous, but, like, like have a full, rich life. Like, have a life. Have a full, rich, meaningful life. Like, 
you know, you know, make those amends to your parents. You know what I mean? Like drop that shit, those resentments, like have a full, rich, meaningful life. And then you have so much more to draw on when you to bring to your work, to your characters, to your theatrical, your intense, dramatic stuff. You know, um, it, I just can't stress that enough. It's like have a life, you know, stay friends with your friends, make time for you. Because if you don't make time for you, you're going to burn out, you're going to crash and burn. And I know that for myself, I have to really pace myself because I'll get tired and grumpy and not eat and all that kind of stuff. So that may seem very simple, but that's what's helped me, you know? No, and I love having a podcast like this for bits like that to remind people. It's not that you know, you're ever giving people information that they weren't aware of, but they right. needed to hear it maybe at that exact yeah. moment. Right. And you have to like kind of parent yourself in this business. What I also find is take the time to say, like, I did a good job, you know. Mm. I'm not I'm not going to go out and have a thing of Kentucky Fried Chicken or like, you know, drink a thing of whiskey because I did so good. But um, not that having a, a good snack, I wouldn't eat the chicken or a nice cocktail is bad. But I'm just saying, like, we don't we don't work at a bank, right? The, the three of us anyway, and some great folks that are listening where you have somebody that gives you like a quarterly review and says that was you did a great job Austin, right. on that. We don't have that. So I will call my dad and be like, I just need you to tell me I did a good job. And he's like, <laughs> you great, honey. I'm so proud of you. You know, so we also have to do that for each other. We have to be each other's and our own cheerleaders and no one to be like, I deserve that bubble bath. I'm going to go get a frozen sorbet. You know, I'm going to. Because we don't always get told that. So you're used to getting, no, no, you didn't get that, you didn't get that. Well, guess what I did do that was awesome. You know, and check in with each other. Like, Austin, I sent out 10 emails to try to get a new agent. With that, you helped me with. Thank you. You know, <laughs> yay, you. Yay, Lori. Yay, Josh. You know, and support each other. I love it. Um, and then, I don't know, you asked me what my favorite voice is. It's such an amalgamation. I love Pearl. Oh, my God, I love her so much. Because <laughs> she's just this big, like, daddy's girl who just wants everybody to like her and has so much love for everybody else and a little self-absorbed, but um, just has the hugest heart. And I love Diane, too, because she's just so sassy and on her own. And she's like, Tom, suck it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I love Bonnie's mom because she's so compassionate. I mean, I can't, I can't really choose one. Wow. Well, those are three amazing ones. We have to plug away for you, for everybody, yeah, again, on your show, on your Twitter, Instagram, everything. So please, Austin, do you have this information? It For Twitter You have it to memory. Lori, please plug away. What are your social medias? Awesome. They have some numbers involved for okay. some reason. So on Instagram, I'm Lori Talk 4 On Twitter, I'm Lori Allen 1 And then on Facebook, you can just find my fan page. Um, I try to post silly things and keep people inspired and and try to get them to help with the doggy stuff. And then... Um, do the voice. And then do the voice. Please follow at do the voice on Instagram and uh, and and the, and the Facebook. There's the Facebook and the Instagram, and they're both do the voice. And it's also do the voice.com. Yeah. Is where you can watch the trailer. You guys are adding clips every day um, of additional stuff that you've yeah, shot Yeah, there's more already. clips like on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, okay. the, the Instagram is a great, cool page to go. So at do the Noodle voice. Around. And at Lori Talk Four on Instagram. That's right. Boom! I got a boom. boom shakalaka. Baby. I, this has been so fun, and you are such a pleasant individual. Thanks so I much, Lori. You guys are great. It's so we good that you're you. doing this and inspiring other, you know, other creative folks. We have to exactly. You're doing exactly the the thing that I love is like staying, you know, creating your tribe and, you know, inspiring your tribe and and like that. And honestly, it's really selfish on my part because it's inspiring for me. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm inspired by you sitting across from you. So it's. I'm inspired by you guys doing your podcast. You I'm know? inspired. Your... You're inspired. We're All right. Let's go pet your dogs. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Ear Time. You guys are so coral. <laughs> mm-hmm.